Hello and a big warm welcome back to the Holtcast and Aston Villa podcast. Villa have just come out, well not just, but they've come out of the West Midlands derby and they didn't lose, but they got the 2-2 draw in uh, disappointing circumstances, especially at the end. Danny, we'll get there. We'll get there with the the event, as we'll call it. But man, Villa looked good in this match. Yeah, there were. It was a good game. Uh, it was it was a good performance from Villa, uh, as has been the case uh, in recent weeks. It was again uh, a good performance from the attack. We were constantly. Um, constantly creating chances, perhaps not putting them away, but we looked a threat. We looked a threat uh, all throughout that game, and I thought that that was uh, that that was the most redeeming quality about Villa in that game. So, of course, the match did finish two two. I think this we all went into this thinking it was would be a challenge for Villa, and it was, it was. But Villa really stepped up to the task as they are doing so far under Dean Smith. Um, certainly looking towards being an overperforming team rather than underperforming, which is brilliant. It means we bang on back on the balance, making up for all that, you know, the dire results under Steve Bruce. But 2-2, how do you feel about it now? Uh, I was kind of in jest, kind of like joking about it, saying that I'm just going to acknowledge this is a 2-1 victory. I'm trying not to think about points too much. I'm trying not to think about points too much. In in reality, Villa went out there and... um were the better team they scored the more uh, they scored the most uh, legitimate goals in that game and you know coming out of that game I thought okay fine they've nicked a couple of points of, off us but I'm really not that bothered uh I thought it was it was it was good from the boys like, it was, there wasn't much that I could that I could put put wrong um from from the defense uh I mean they they probably could have done better with the second goal which as we said before isn't necessarily legitimate but uh yeah I mean I was I was happy with the performance at the end of the game literally the only thing that we didn't have by the end of it was points if this was if this was later on during the season where we're struggling to make it to the playoffs or or the automatic promotion places, then I'd be a little bit more annoyed. Yeah, it's it's going to be a struggle as we get on, especially if things don't change in January in terms of a uh, defensive input. We do need help on defence. But I mean, this 2-2, if you were offered that somehow before the game, you were told that the result would be 2-2 and you weren't given any context I think we'd have all been slightly okay with that. Well, it's a good team against. I mean, it's 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 a good result against one of the best teams in the league. West Brom are probably one of the most well, one of the best like informed sides in the moment in the championship. They're certainly one of the best footballing sides. I mean, we we said this before in the last podcast. They've got a fantastic attack. That young Harvey Barnes was was absolutely skinning Alan Hutton for part of that game. Uh, there was, uh, I mean, obviously until until Hutton had to end up switching sides, uh, and and also they just looked a constant threat. Dwight Gale again uh, looked like he was going to put them away. Jay Rodriguez, he did obviously get a goal cri- uh, credited credited to him by the end, but again um, looked a threat. Uh, and and Albion are a, are a tough side, and Villa should be happy with the point there. Um, having said that, um, as I say, Villa played like the better team. Uh, Villa played like the team that deserved the three points. And I, I thought we came out of that game at the Hawthorns, the better side. For sure. So that first goal, we'll break down the match now. The first goal, Villa took the lead. It was Amwara Al-Ghazi doing his new favourite move of cutting in. Mm. On the inside, coming in from the right, cutting in. 
and taking a nice long shot. And it was on target, but this would have been covered well by Sam Johnston in the, in the baggies goal. But it took a really cruel deflection off uh, Ahmed Hagazi. Yep. Uh, El Ghazi and Hagazi uh, combined for a goal there. Um, I think that should have been given as, as an own goal, but it was definitely uh, awarded to El Ghazi. Was it awarded to El Ghazi? I thought it was yeah. awarded to Hagazi at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it would be an own goal, but it was a. It was a. Amar El Ghazi for Villa, who got two on the day. So yeah, uh, odd one, really odd one. That was. Yeah, it was, um, it was. But again, it was another one of those where you know the defender should be doing a little bit better. The defenders obviously tried to get in the way of it. He tried to block it, um, but sometimes you can't really control where the ball's going. Uh, unfortunately for Higazi, uh, I don't think he really got enough on it, and it just ended up taking, uh, you know, more almost some sort of a ping ball, um, ping ball. Uh, sorry, is that is that what you call it? Pinball, yeah, that's it. Almost sort of a pinball deflection. Um, just ended up guiding it in, really. Uh, and I, I thought it was it was good though from El Ghazi to actually have an effort from there. It's always got it's always asking for danger when you shoot from that sort of area, cutting in, sort of just on the edge of the area. Yeah, I think Anmar El Ghazi really um, is perfecting that little maneuver now, and it uh, came off to great effect. But before he would score Villa's second, West Brom had to equalise. And they got us right on the counter. Harvey Barnes did Alan Hutton something dirty. Hutton tried to make up for it, but he kind of fell and tackled the ball into Barnes's path. And that gave Barnes just more momentum. It put the ball into his path and all he could do was sprint in and cross in for uh, Dwight Gale, who buried it with ease past uh, Nyland. And there's nothing many people could have done with that. Um, but Alan Hutton was in, in the position to kind of hassle Barnes and he uh, he went for the, uh, the killer blow and missed. Yeah, I again, you know, this is this is a a top counter attack from from West Brom. This is what they're good at. Villa obviously lost the ball deep in West Brom's area, and next thing you know, Harvey Barnes is running down that left wing. All Alan Hutton really needs to do there is stand his ground. That's what he should have done. He needed to stand his ground, but obviously he was fearing getting uh, basically getting skin because he's only one winner in that race really um but you know you almost you almost wonder whether he could have you know uh gone the way of a tactical foul perhaps rather than uh rather than sort of going to ground that easy and of course Tanzibi and Chester um as 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 much as as much as I like them I don't think they're the best in terms of uh in, in terms of preventing uh situations like that yeah, for sure. Um, Barnes uh, looks a brilliant player. Um, hopefully, he's recalled at some point this season away from the championship so Villa can make the best of that situation and uh, hopefully uh, will deflate West Brom. But man, uh, it doesn't look like Villa will need much help in doing well because Al Ghazi scored a cracker goal um, to put, you know, a hell of an effort, cracking effort. That was to brilliant. Put Villa into the amazing, amazing goal. Um, if John McGinn didn't score against Sheffield Wednesday and Alan Hutton didn't score against Blues, this would be some some goal of the season um hits it perfectly it cuts inside again hits it perfectly and it just bends into the top corner bends Man. outwards well it's so amazing mate it was great there was some sweet and sour on that there was some barbecue sauce on that <laughs> what i'm trying to say james is that there was dip there was dip on that shot and it was some next level kind of dip um and he almost managed to spring the ball in the air uh, and it just sort of came down with such velocity. Uh, it was, it was, it was a great shot. Uh, and, and I want to see more of those. I want to see some more rocketed sort of like long shots. And to be fair, uh, to be fair to Villa this season, we've seen a lot of them, haven't we? I mean, John John McGinn's done it 
on numerous occasions. Connor Hurhan's not shy of doing it. Uh, and, and I think we've been treated to some top quality goals. And it's good to see lads actually having an attempt from uh, from from distance. Because you know what? i tell you what. <laughs> the close range finishing wasn't working. Yeah. I mean, he, he really does hit it. It's a, it's a good effort. And man, two of the, you know, they're almost identical goals, except for the uh, one of them took a deflection. It was the same kind of shot. But the second one was hit with some real venom. And the guy just knows what he's doing in the championship. He's come such a long way. And man, it, it looks like it. I wrote about this the other day. It looks like it's a, a amazing from Dean Smith, amazing man management to drop him and tell him to focus on his, uh, his all round game. You know, the defence, the pressing from the front, the defence are cutting in. And, uh, you know, he, he took the ball too wide. He, he was very direct and he still got that. But he's just a better all-round player for what Smith has done in these few weeks with him. And, you know, it's all come together, mate. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there was a couple of times during um, during the game where Alan Hutton was... Well, I can't remember if it was Alan Hutton or Ahmed El um, to be fair, because I know El came on later on. It was basically just, you know, not, not having a goal, but, you know almost shouting, kind of uh, just reminding him that he needs to drop back, that he needs to help out defensively. Um, and clearly that's an area of the game he's been working on. Uh, he's the kind of player who could play up front if he really wanted him to. Um, I have no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, in terms of the the wings under Dean Smith, and it, I mean, it was very much the case under Steve Bruce as well, but in terms of the, the wings under Dean Smith, uh, it's very, very important to keep the fullback shielded a bit. Very important. Well, that's something Villa will have to work on as well because they're going to need all the help they can get with that defence. Mm. Because, uh, man, that last goal, it was uh, an embarrassing all round. I think Villa really should have dealt with it better. There's a few players that come to mind that could have dealt with that ball into the box. Um, I'm not sure who crossed it in. It may have, I don't know who crossed it in. Matt Phillips crosses the ball in for West Brom. It comes across quite midly. It's, it's, it's not too high. It's not too low. It's coming cutting across the middle. Um, there's a clash. Nyland runs out to get it, but he's taken out by Twanzibi and Jay Rodriguez up front for West Brom. Uh, Rodriguez handballs the ball past Nyland um, before collapsing onto the ball and handballing it into the net. To be um, fair, it's mad. The one thing I'd say about that is when you've got a player coming in with their whole body like that and attacking the ball, you know, hands first, it does give them a severe advantage to get to it. That is, that is the one thing I'd say. Yeah, I think if this goal was legitimate, you would look at Nolan for it. But the fact is, it's simply not a legitimate goal. So we, I find it very hard to crit- criticise a player for a goal that should never have been awarded in the first place. Because if, if Rodriguez doesn't handball it, I'm pretty sure it's dealt with. But because he's handballed it, he's put it past the keeper and he's putting it in a position where he can pull it into the ball, uh, pull it into the net again with his hand. Um, it's ridiculous. I think a lot of people are really criticising Nolan for that, and I get it. But a, he's not going to take out two players. Um, we know he's got his problems, but he's not going to take out two players. There is no, yeah. very rarely can a, a goalkeeper stand against someone like Tanzibe and someone like Rodriguez. These are two massive, massive gears in attack and defence coming at him. So he's been knocked over by his own player, and he's been knocked off, knocked over by someone else. There's Lee Hendry saying he should punch the ball out. And if you watch the uh, River Plate Boca match the other day, you'll see why you don't put... <laughs> if you're under pressure, yeah, you don't punch the ball out. If you punch the ball out, when they're playing a high line in the 90th minute, yeah. you're going to punch it directly to someone outside the box who's going to hammer it exactly. back in and they're going to score. Yeah. That's what happens if you punch the ball out in that in that circumstance. Punching it, you know, fine. It's it's fine usually, but if you're punching it in the 90-plus minute with the other side really get, getting some momentum and their defence is sitting in your half... 
they are pushing you that far back and the, the momentum's with them. You're just giving them the ball again. He tried to claim it, which is the right thing to do. To try to claim it and sit on it. Um, yes, he didn't do it right, but he tried to do the right thing. And people saying he should have punch, punched it into the box. Punched it yeah, where? What you want? What you want from him? I mean, I mean, I've crit- I've criticised him a bit. Nylon yeah, before, crit- he's, criticism's he's, valid though. He's made some he's made some really bad like errors, but I honestly, James, I thought throughout the whole Albion game, I thought he looked solid. And yeah, criticism for it. Look, I get people criticise Peter Shilton when uh, Maradona dunked on him, but it's still a legitimate goal. Like it doesn't matter what he did or didn't do. The goal was was null. It's null and void. Yeah, and exactly. there's a lot of people saying the officials are out to get you. This that. They, they do make mistakes, but you can't play thinking they're going to make mistakes. You have to play. You have to play ball. You can't play thinking about refs and thinking about linesmen. You have to play the game as it's played. And if you think you know you're going to play, like if someone handballs it past me, it's going to be disallowed because surely they'll see that. You cannot think that you know that they won't blow for it because they should blow for it. It's just, it's on them. The goal was a handball, and it should have been pulled back. And uh, of course, Rodriguez isn't going to say a word, and yeah, he can say what he likes after it. I know, I know it pissed a lot of people off, but the guy, anyone in their right mind, is not going to say they didn't. You know, he's not going to go. Sorry, lads, take that goal away from us. Yeah, high FA, slap a disciplinary on me. Yeah, I've, sure. you know, he said it after the match, and it don't matter. But um, back to Nyland, you can, you know, he's been poor. He has made his mistakes, and I think he didn't do himself justice in that. But the goal was illegitimate, and you cannot blame him for an illegitimate goal because it's, w- it's on the ref. Uh, yeah, and I think you know the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, Jay Rodriguez handballs that ball twice, yes. and both those moments um, were not uh, were were basically unnoticed by both the referee and the linesman. So that's a serious amount of bad luck. We we always have this argument about VAR, whether you like it or not. But the fact of the matter is, the only reason you know people want to see VAR in the game is because of decisions like that. Really bad decisions like that. I'm not saying this is anything like the whole Thierry on rehand ball against the against Ireland years ago, but you know stuff like that shouldn't fly. Like it's the it's the linesman's job to to see those things. It's the referee's job to see those things. And how on earth they've missed that twice, I just do not know. And I get it. The commentators are talking about it. I get it. The referee can only enforce what he sees. But the fact of the matter is, one of those guys should have seen that. Yeah, and uh, I don't think it's on all your Nyland, that goal, because it should have been flagged out. It should have been uh, um, disallowed. And I think he did everything right. I've, a lot of people saying he should have stood his ground and, and been stronger, but he's not going to take two people out. No, no, you've got to be, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful in like 90th minute, haven't you? Yeah, you, you can't just put your fists out and take someone out. The goalkeeper is protected, but he's not that protected. Um, Sam Johnson did a similar thing. He did take two people out, but it's completely different. He hasn't been charged down in the box and the momentum's with him. The momentum's with him as he does the move, but it's against Nyland. I miss Sam Johnson. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think he did well last season. But he hasn't had a great year this season. And do you think did he overperform last season? Is that is that something that's worth talking about? Or is he simply as he's regressed to the, the mean or the average this season? I don't know. Um I hope he does well for sure, because I really like him. But Villa needs um they need help at goalkeeper. And if that's not going to be Nyland, it needs to be someone. And it looks like it might be Tom Heaton. And we'll come on yeah, to that yeah. later. We need to give our uh, 
a match award a match balls away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So shout. Uh, there's nothing more to speak about really in West Brom. Um, John McGinn hit the post. Um, he played really well actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He played really well. Match, but in terms of match balls, mine it can it can only go to one man. It can only go to Anwar Al Ghazi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel that. Um, in that case, I got to pick another one, right? Um, yeah, Al Ghazi. I got, you really to... wanted to. No, but this is this is how we do it, isn't it? We we pick three together, don't we? Um, and and yeah. I agree with you on Anwar Al Ghazi because who else can you give it to? He's effect. He scored once, and he caused it. You know what we haven't spoken about? We haven't talked about. What's that? Tammy Abraham. Yeah. Okay. So he, he probably should have done a lot better. He had three clear cut chances and he didn't score them. But you know what? It's a trade off, isn't it? You know, for the amount of goals that he has scored for us and the amount of goals that he will score for score for us today wasn't not today. The West Bromwich Albion game was an anomaly. Yeah. If you he's probably scored more than he should have scored. So I think you know to rebalance the universe, he's got to miss a couple of sitters. Really, hasn't he? Yeah. And I didn't mind. I didn't mind because he was getting in the positions and it's just like, okay, you know, it's not your day. Yeah. Every dog has its day, right? And uh, he's already has his, had his a few times. So yeah, um, regress back to the mean and the average. It all comes around, you know, the world comes around like that. Karma, call it what it is. Um, but he uh, maybe scored some goals that he shouldn't have got away with. And uh, now it's come back around just like that, as it always does. Yeah, man, and and at the end of the day, if 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 it proves anything, it just proves that Villa are able to win a game without having to rely on him. I know Villa didn't win the game in the end, but you know what I mean. They played they played very well. But they would have won the game. I'm I'm yeah. pretty sure West Brom would have given it a good go at scoring, and they may have actually scored a legitimate goal as the match went on after that handball. But um, yeah, no, it was, like, it was no, it was in the 90th minute, man. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't. So, who knows what would have happened? But yeah. they were they were pressing, and usually things like that do happen. But uh, yeah, Villa may as well have won the game, and they did look the better team, and they made a real case for themselves this season. Um, so yeah, your match ball, mate. Uh, Got to give one of them to Jack Grealish for the assist as well on uh, Anwar Ogazi. I thought he played incredibly well again, Jack. Uh, to be fair to him, uh, I thought his passing was. Was was brilliant. I think he had a ninety one percent pass uh, pass percentage as well, uh, pass success percentage. Uh, and I thought, you know, moving forward, he was he was really important to the team. Uh, so the second one or our second one collectively, whatever you want to call it, um, has to go to Jack. So the third one, we got to bring our minds together and decide what we're going to do with it. I think, you, you know, we could have given a good shout to John McGinn. Played very well, fantastically well. Yeah, he was uh, a pit bull, wasn't he? Again, I mean, Tunzebi wasn't that bad. No, but it's not about who wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's about who excelled. And do you pick Al Ghazi again because he was that good, or you do you give one to McGinn? That's the question. Give him again. Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling that he played really well. He should have had a goal. He hit the post. Um, it was all over the place. Gave it everything for ninety minutes, and that has to be recognised. I think. So I agree. Yeah, we'll give yeah. the third one to McGinn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. Again, you know, he played, he played very well in midfield. I thought, I thought to be fair, I've got to again, just got to. I think the Villa midfield stood out very, uh, very well. Uh, I, I look at that midfield. I look at McGinn, who were handing Grealish, and as a three, and I, I believe that Villa played like they were a three. Um, that shouldn't work. It really shouldn't work. It's not strong enough. But, but because Villa play such a pretty passing game they seem to make it work 
and they all do, they all work hard just they all work just hard enough that they that they're able to sort of keep possession and and actually do win the ball back quite a bit um and you can you can call this bs if you like but i'm in my opinion i look at that midfield three and i just think shouldn't work not strong enough but uh they i think they're just very very hard working uh, and I think John McGinn is the is the embodiment of that. For sure. So uh guessing all in all we can't be that horrendously disappointed with the result, but the context uh leaves a bit to be desired, I feel. Um I think the match ball's fair enough. Al Ghazi, Grealish, McGinn. Couldn't ask yeah. for a bit more than that. Um let's talk Villa's defence, mate, because uh it's actually bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um Villa's attack is really pulling the weight. Um, but in terms of uh, how it's fared since Bruce left, and co- call it a coincidence, I mean, he didn't leave us in the, the best uh, situation in terms of depth. Um, Villa don't look to be too, doing too well. And most championship defences are quite bad. Do not get me wrong. Most of them are quite poor. Villa are kind of sliding towards the, pores, um, the poorer side. So... If we're looking at bad defences, I'm using the graphs from the the blog blogging site Experimental Three Six One. They got the scatter graphs of defensive effectiveness, if you will. The the worst sides kind of like your Reading and your Sheffield Wednesday, and you've got your, your sides which are bad but aren't facing shots. So that would be a terrible defensive. They're facing more shots. Villa are kind of there with your Ipswich and your Preston and your QPR. Mm. Is is that the position you'd like to see them in? Really, no. if they can meet for promotion, no. But what do you expect? After you can't expect much more, can you? What can you expect? You know, uh, I, I I've said this plenty of times before, and I'm I don't I don't I don't want to criticize Steve Bruce too much, uh, because I I thought he did a he did a good job at Villa. I've always stood firm at that, um, up up to a point, um, but I thought at in the summer, we don't know how much his hands were tied or, or whatever. But in the summer, uh, we, we've said this plenty of times before, the the, the dealings in terms of defence were awful um, and, they, and they left us in a state. Uh, we've only got those two centre-backs in Tanzibi and Chester. Dominic Revan, shout out to the, uh, I believe, 17-year-old making it to the bench. Um, might be 18, making it to the bench in the last couple of games. Um, uh, James Collins having to come in for on a five-week contract, uh, which again is an interesting one. Uh, so we've, that's the centre-backs that we've got, which is really, really bit part. And then we look at our full-backs. Now, Alan Hutton, to be fair to him, has been doing well for us, but he is 34 years old. Uh, Neil Taylor, again, has struggled. I think he's really, really struggled. And I think in January, we're not only going to have to look at centre-backs, we're going to have to look at left-backs. We're going to have to bring in somebody who can actually do a job there. And one thing that does worry me, James, is that all of our full-backs seem to be reaching the twilight of their careers as well. Um, Ahmed Al-Mohamedi is uh, 31 now as well. And, you know, you look at the average age of our full-backs, you know, out, out of the three of them, uh, it's just over 31. And uh, when, when you look at the amount of, uh, the amount of running our fullbacks are expected to do during a game, uh, the amount that we rely on them on the wings. Uh, I'm not sure how long these guys can keep it up. I mean, I'd like to see Almo start for sure. I don't know why he's not starting. It must oh, be contractual. He... Hutton's, look, Hutton's made a name for himself at Aston Villa. He's become, you know, an icon, cult hero. They can't both play. Whatever. They cannot both play. Um, I mean, Hutton looks all right on the left, but you wouldn't, you, you want Neil Taylor to play there naturally because he's, He's a left-sided player. 
Um, but I think Villa improved so much when Al Mohamed is on the right um, because he's a slightly more disciplined and he, see, he, he he can put a good ball into the box. Um, he doesn't like to dribble that much. Um, he he likes to play, you know, run into space and get past you. Yeah, he likes a good one too, space. doesn't he? Yeah, um, Alan Hutton's a better dribbler, but you, you do you don't do you want dribbling? Do you want to trust your players to dribble the ball? No, we want players to be running onto passes, good passes. Um, so we're gonna have to change that. Um, Alan Hutton's already done his job this season, and I really like him. But you got to think about um, the football team and Al Mohamedou. I think we'll get to. I think we'll get through the season fine. Next season, we really can't be playing Alan Hutton there. No, no, no. no well, wherever I mean, we are, we sure. cannot. <clears throat> wherever we are, we cannot. And uh, Villa's like defense him. is tanking. I, I, I mean, I like Alan Hutton. It's just that I, I really don't like the idea of us having a thirty-five-year-old fullback. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. You know? it's it's just a bit I don't know you want to be, be preparing for the future don't you I don't think we have that on either flank I mean James Bree's been you know poor lad he's having to play centre back he's having to like fill in there every time he gets a chance in the team yeah and if that's his position so be it if he's a better centre back than he is a full back so be it but we haven't seen him at the position we bought him for really um and it's just it's just a bit disappointing, whatever the, the case is. I mean, he has had injury issues this season, but the case that he can't really push his way into this team is a bit, uh, I don't know. Who is our backup left back, like officially? Like, who is the next? When you go down the villa, when you go look down the villa ladder, right, who is the next person who can play at, uh, play at left back? Who, or, sorry, who is a left back out and out? Is it Oscar Borg? Is it Oscar Borg even still with us? Is he even with us? No, he's not. He's with Braintree. He's <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I have... Sorry, I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, It would be Alan Hutton, but that's not pro- That's not a proper an- answer. Do we, do we have one in the under-23s? Anybody who Villa can, can line up? I mean, I'm looking at... I'm looking at... I'm looking at our... our um, at our under-23 side. Ale- it's not Alex Prosser, is it? More than likely, um, it, you have to, you, you would have to go that far to find a uh, an option. It's bad, isn't it? That's crap. That's rubbish. It's stupid. It's dumb. Stupid. Um, yeah. I know Villa did try. They did try to sort themselves out in that transfer window. Um, they didn't get Scott McKenna. They came close to. They're a bit messed around with that at centre back. And Joe Bryan, of course, it fell through. But they didn't make another move. And it has to be someone like Matt Target they're going for uh, in January. Oh, and man, Matt to... Target would be perfect. It'd be brilliant, and I think they can get him. Um, Joe Bryan's really suffered at Fulham. He's been quite badly injured, and their team are doing crap. Um, call it karma. I and they're, miss- they're missing Target so badly. Like, Ryan Sissimdon is missing him. Yeah, if we can get Target, and we, ca- I think that is very possible will be good um i don't know so goalkeeping you get tom heaton in for sure but if he has to play with this defense is he going to be any better yeah sure he will i don't know i mean it's nylon's a pretty good shot stopper right that it is there are other issues with nylon there are the claiming the ball and commanding the box which are the issues I wouldn't say shot stopping is major. 
No, it's not shot stopping, but it is commanding the box, and I think that is a big issue. I think I think Nyland looks very weak sometimes. You know, like you want a goalkeeper who looks who looks physically imposing to some degree. Nyland, believe it or not, is pretty much the same size as Sam Johnston. You wouldn't believe it. You would not believe it. Yeah. Well, it's not looking good for him, um, but will it look good for anyone if Villa start facing upwards of thirteen shots a game? I don't know. Mm. I don't want to, because, you know, any goal, any good goalkeeper, they can be brilliant. There's been some brilliant, you know, Brad Guzan uh, in the Lambert side when he was doing really well before he tanked. The dude was still very good, even though he faced loads of shots and he conceded lo- loads of goals. If you face loads of shots, you're going to concede loads of goals. That's just the way it is. No, I get that. I do get that. Um, so, goalkeeper, it's a massive issue that Villa need to fix. If he hasn't got a defence, it's pointless buying Tom Heaton. I think Tom Heaton would do a good job, though, to be fair. He'll do, yeah. No, he'd be fantastic. I, I think we get him, but we, he needs a defence. I think Marrera's had it. I don't think he's going to get another chance. Um, Mark Bunn, I'm sorry, but he's always been a backup, and that's as far as he'll ever be um, at Villa. Where did, where did we see the stats table that said he was the best? Do you know the season Villa went down? Right. Um, so they there was a uh, kind of an experimental statistic blog that kind of worked out. You know how you have expected goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah, expected yeah. saves. Like what is the save quality and all these keepers actually performing? Mark Bunn was number one. Interesting. And that's crazy. I mean, he had a really small sample size compared to the rest, and Brad yeah, Guzan yeah, was yeah. terrible. But that's crazy to think that about Mark Bunn, right? Yeah, it was probably <laughs> it was probably against the cup side though, wasn't it? <laughs> More than likely, yeah. but it's still it's still mad to think that. I mean, if you trust in that, then there we go. Um, Mark Bun's there to save the day. What's still annoying me is that um, on who scored, which I was used for my ratings, Tommy Elphick is stuck at the top, and he will stick. He will stick at the top for the rest of the season because he had one appearance, and in that game, he scored a seven point seven two rating because he scored a scored a goal. <laughs> after that, he was sold. <laughs> we never heard from him. So he was alone to Hall <laughs> after he scored against Hall. That was it. That was it. Yeah, and he's stuck very, at the top yeah. of Villa's player ratings, and he's going to stay there all season. <laughs> so would you take him back? <laughs> he's not coming back. He's done. I mean, Tommy Alfie has listened to an episode of the Holtcast. True. True. Yes, Fair play to him. No, at least to be true. Yeah. Um. So, Mister Alfie, um, we will we will welcome you back with open arms. But yeah, uh, listen, I know, I know, I, I, I know that perhaps he hasn't had the, the right chances at Villa, but like, you know, you've got to, re- to reward his performances. Genuinely, you know, oh, oh, the last few times I've seen Tommy Helfick play for Villa, he's played well. Um, and, and loaning him out at, you know, the, at the last day of the transfer window last year, that was bad, man. That was bad. Yeah, I think Villa were banking on the Scott McKenna move, and they had to keep Alfie happy. But he would have been kept happy if he'd stayed eventually. Um, but then, then again, does he get? He wouldn't get past Chester or Twanzibi. But then, would you put Twanzibi at right where he would look good? It's just all up in the air. Um, so yeah, I what's, don't know. Mate. What's interesting if you continue to look down these ratings is that Jack Grealish is the highest rated player who's currently with the squad, right? Um, he's had two goals and four assists. Then you've got Tammy Abraham, 
who understandably has got a high rating because of his goal scored. Now, who do you reckon is next? Um, after Tammy Abraham, it's yeah. got to be John McGinn. Close. He's after John McGinn is after this particular player. Uh, Conor Hurahan. It's Mila Yedinak. Bloody hell! Yeah. So stats websites they 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 love mashing up numbers and giving you fake news, basically. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ratings are bad. Um, rating specifically are an odd, really odd thing. It's like quarterback rating in the NFL. It really does mean nothing. You could come on and throw like four really good passes. Yeah. And that's it. You yeah, could get exactly. injured for the rest of the season and you're one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the uh, QBR. Um, so I don't really trust ratings. It's more the individual statistics that are so much more valuable. Um, but yeah, Phyllis' defence, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there because it is crap. Uh, it's nothing like Pulis, he's playing for territory. But it's nothing like Leeds, which Villa should be mirroring. And Leeds ain't got Leeds ain't got half the quali- player of quality at the back, I don't think, compared to Villa. So that's that's weird for me. Uh, I want I want Pantas Janssen at Villa, though. He's not that good, though. No, I know, but you know, I could I could pretend that he's mine last. But you, you would take Janssen... I mean, he'd be very much in the Malberg Larson role. Exactly. But would you take him over Chester and Twanzibi, who are both better? No, because they're better on the ground. They're better. They're, they're, yeah. They're would you better. play the back three then? You have to play the back three then. And that's probably the best thing for Villa, actually, because it lets the wingbacks just go up the pitch. Yeah, but then who do you take out? Hurahan, maybe? And then you play McGinn and Grealish in midfield? Yeah, you rotate it, sure thing. Maybe. To be fair... And this is crazy, but when the games have been in play, Hurahan has been a centre-back. He hasn't lined up at centre-back, but he does drop in to be a part of a back three when Alan Hutton's on one. Yeah, true. The pick. I mean, so, what, Villa, Villa could, could take a uh, step out of Thiago Motta's two seven two formation. <laughs> you know? If they wanted to, but yeah, this defense it's got to improve, mate. Otherwise, it's gonna it's gonna sink Villa because the time will come when they uh, concede some goals and can't score enough to get past them. And I'm positive, I'm really, really, really happy with Villa at the moment. But this defense is gonna be an issue, and they've, they're avoiding a problem just by the fact that they're playing so well. Yeah, no, um, but it, it, it comes around. But Villa take on Stoke. Saturday, mate. What do you think of Gary Gary Rabbit's uh, Stoke so far this season? Um, I can say, knowing that I know people who I work with who watch Stoke, um, they've not been very good. Uh, I expected a lot more from him. Yeah, but do you from newly relegated sides? I mean, obviously West Brom have been well, but Stoke have... I don't know. Stoke Stoke had a little bit more... um, They were more Villa. Like, yeah, West Brom were in a state under Pardew, but Darren Moore kind of got a bit more out of them and created a. You know, it was positive when they went down almost because they were playing. They were fight. They went down fighting rather than giving up. Stoke went down in a toxic condition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, exactly. I mean, having said that, they have drawn their last eight games. Not drawn. Sorry, they they are under, they are unbeaten in the last eight games. That includes yeah. a two-one victory over Derby. Where they, uh, were where they had a man sent off. Um, they beat Bristol City one nil as well in the last game. They beat Ipswich two nil. Uh, which you know, I got beat Ipswich. That's no achievement. No, that's true. And in none of these games have they scored more than two goals. 
So I'm not feeling, you know, I thought they'd do a lot better, but they just, and this is, there's no, there's a clear coincidence here. They just look like Birmingham of a few years ago when there's a few decent players, no one's really kicking on and they're there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, they've got Sam Cluckers, they've got Joe Allen, Eric Peters, some top players in there, Tom Ince as well. They don't look like much much more than a bit of a mishmash, mishmash though. You know, it doesn't yeah, look like... Yeah, Berahino's not kicking on at all, is he? He's gone to complete, He's gone downhill massively. I rated oh. him when he was at West Brom, but he's just fallen off the face of the earth. So that being said, he'll probably score against us now. I've said that. I still think... I think Tony Pudis ruined him. Well... I I, you know, I I still feel for him. I really do feel for him. Because Pulis should have let, let him leave for Tottenham when when he had the chance. And after that, he had no motivation because he just wasn't getting picked for West Brom. And it wasn't because of performances. Yeah, that, that's true. But, you know, he's still only 25. Mm, like, true. He seems a lot older than that. And, you know, there's so much more he has to offer. And it doesn't look like it's happening at Stoke. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's like when I learned... I learned recently that Phil Jones is only 26 like some of some of these some of these players who seem to have been around for ages or I suppose you know the amount of time we've been I mean I suppose the yeah they, they seem to have been in the Premier League for, for a very long time but anyway Berahino Afobi and Ince that is the front three that Stoke seem to be playing and that very much uh, that very much looks like a we're going to score against Villa front three I don't know what it is. Every single one of those players seems like the kind of players that will just score against us. Oh, Phobie doesn't seem to have been doing brilliantly. Ince is uh, certainly one that's impressing me. Benica Phobie's only 25 as well. Flipping hell. Um, but yeah, um, Berahino and uh, Phobie need to be scoring a few goals, but they just don't seem to be really doing much of note, especially Berahino. I can't believe that we're talking about him in such a negative manner. But Gary Rowett, it doesn't seem to have kicked on brilliantly. And you think you leave Derby and you think you're going to Stoke. That should be, you know, it should be amazing, but it's just not been great. Yeah. Well, you know, you've effectively got a, uh, you've got a, a manager there who had basically been, he's made his name at Birmingham because he was loved there. I think he's that kind of a manager. You know, he really needs to settle into a club before they start kicking on. I've, that's that's the thing with him. I think it's the same with guys like Gary Monk, as well. Um, interesting that these are all Birmingham managers. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, he's going to need time to bet in, and I'm sure he'll get it right eventually. Uh, but there's there's not there's not any sort of sort of like system that I associate with Gary Rowett. Um, there's nothing about him that I sort of look at. And, you know what? You can't you can't put him up with this with this Stoke side and and actually match them if you know what I mean because when you look yeah. at the Stoke side a lot of them are still sort of they're not young hungry players are they you know these are a lot of them are players who have been there and done it in the Premier League and are now being managed by a guy who's basically only ever been in the championship it's weird yeah, Gary Rowett is the most Midlands manager ever you like, think so he he man so he started off his career managing well his managerial career managing Burton, then he moved to Birmingham, then Derby, yeah. then Stoke. So surely, Baggies, Warsaw, Villa, and Wolves are calling at some point in the in the future. Yeah, Maybe true. He has to true. do the tour, but that being said, Stoke seems to be the single, and this is quite early on. 
it seems to be a very disappointing, the most disappointing one of them all. Derby were close last season. They were looking decent, and I know they had to make some cutbacks and kick on under Frank Lampard, but my God, it just seems like he's just leaving Birmingham. I know he had to leave Birmingham. I know he had to because of... um. The chair, the issue with the chair. Should never ever happen, and that was the perfect club for him. You know, Blues fans loved him. Yeah, and I think there was a time when Villa fans may have looked at him as a Villa manager in the Championship, but we just seem to have kicked on so far beyond him. Mm. And uh, Stoke bad. But that being said, they're only two points behind us, and is that uh, more damning of us or them? No, it's more damning of them. I mean, I, I think, to be fair to them, actually, they, they've had the same issues as us. Poor start to the season. Not quite been right. And it seems to be coming together a bit now. Yeah, yeah they're not had... winning enough games, but they're, you know, they're, they're not losing. And that, just... that defence is really good. They seem to be just a quite wasteful team, not to, you know, just uh, very much there. Just very middle of the pack, sort of. Um, but very wasteful in front of goal. No real mass. You know, championship goal score. You need someone who's going to give you twenty goals a season. Easy on their own. It's a very Brexit lineup as well. <laughs> look at it. There's, there's not a lot of foreign talent in that team. No, and well, there was Stoke alone under a few years ago. But you know, you're looking at creativity. You you have to call on James McLean or or Boan, and it's just. Oh, no, them. I mean, Sam, Sam, Sam Kluckers has, has done well, to be fair to him, this season. And there's Ryan Woods, of course. You know, Ryan Woods, we can't forget him. Um, They're all doing fairly well, but you want Stoke to be... You know, Stoke, after being relegated last season, they should be kicking on, but it looks like that toxicity is... Uh, it's pretty much done them in for this season. I don't know if play, is playoffs too much to ask for him at this point. I don't think so. I, I, still, I still think there's very much a chance that, 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 they'll, that, they'll, get, that they'll come together. Just because of the ta- the talent that's in that team, you know, you look at that defense: Eric Peters, William Ashley Williams, Ryan Shawcross, Kuko Martina, then Jack Butler in goal as well. Yeah. Man, if you had that, if you had that as your defense, sort of like five years in the Premier League, you'd be laughing. Five years yeah, ago, that, sh- that should be doing a lot better in the Championship, pretty much. Uh, and they have been though. They're, they're defensively, Stoke have been good, and that's what you expect from them. Anyway, uh, it's just that goal scoring wise. Yeah, you look at Ince, Afobi, Berahino, there's not an awful lot of creativity there. Not an awful lot of creativity. So, Villa, Stoke, what's key for Villa in this one? Key for Villa here is to, I think they just need to hold up a little bit defensively. Um, I think, you know, just, just, just again, you know, keep it calm. I think they'll, they'll, they'll score eventually, Villa, and I, and I trust them too, but it won't be through set pieces. It's it's gonna have to be a little bit of running at the defense, um, and and I and I'd like to see El Ghazi start. Uh, I'd probably be uh going towards perhaps uh Adoma rather than Balassi, just because I want that extra bit of pace. Uh, I think that's the, that's the way I look at it, I guess. Um, and other than that, yeah, I think it's just gonna have to be a case of playing the ball along the along the ground well because we're probably better at that than Stoke City. Uh, but as I said, set pieces, forget it. Yeah, Villa decently, you know, decent at scoring and creating set pieces. Very bad at defending them. And uh, Stoke, if they've got any of that DNA left in from the Pulis years, 
they'll be looking at a few set pieces and Robert's a smart enough manager surely to know that we, we, we can be done there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you just look at the size of Shawcross and Williams. And they the can bring on Peter Crouch at any time. <laughs> that, that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, if, I, if I'm Gary Rowett watching the tapes of the West Bromwich Albion game last week and seeing what Jay Rodriguez did to us at the end, I'm thinking, yeah, if we're down, bring on Peter Crouch, pump it into him. Yeah, I mean, uh, all, you, all you need is him to get lead the line um, and deep early crosses from uh, Berahino and uh, anyone else out, out wide. You know, oh, definitely. McLean. McLean's not that bad at uh, getting the ball into the box and uh, certainly at aggressive pace on the wings. I mean, he's not the fastest player, but he's certainly got uh, the ability to get past a man and get through a man at least. Um, he'll certainly be a, <laughs> a liked character at Villa Park. I'm expecting a lot of Jack Grealish getting pulled down as well. I'm expecting a lot of that. that that's uh, every game. That's special. That just speaks for itself, though, doesn't it? At this point, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. I just can't see him getting past Williams and Shawcross. He's going to have a bit of a, a bit of a time, but I think there are there are circumstances when I see Villa getting done, and that is when they've tried something. You know, something's not come off in attack. Stoke counter attack. They break through on the wings. They cut inside, and there's just going to be there's going to be a free man in that box waiting waiting because there always always is a free man waiting in the box to pull it in and yeah. um we've been lucky enough that the pass hasn't come off and that, that's a situation i see happening and i'll see the peter crouch situation happening yeah and I, and I think when you look at villa we're a very good team we're a very pretty team we're probably one of the best footballing sides in the championship uh probably between us and maybe i'd even say west brom and leeds uh yeah. but but uh, the type of team that beats us is uh, a physical side, like Stoke City. I expect if Dean Smith is to get done, it would be by that kind of team. Uh, so I, I think it could be our. I think it could be his toughest challenge yet here at Villa. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Um, so final thing of the show, mate. I'm going to need your prediction mm. from you. I'm going to go one-one. One-one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go two-nil Villa. You do, you so you do see Stoke scoring against us. See, you, don't see, you don't see Stokes scoring against us. I foresee the situation in which it may happen, but I think Villa will still just have enough luck. Okay, yeah, fair, 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 fair. Um, they've got to get to January um somehow, and I think they can iron out some good results. Um, but that should re- they should really know that the defense is going to be a problem, and uh, hopefully they do. They must know that this is defense it, is crap. If we're going to use him, is this not the perfect game to play James Collins? If he's even legible to play, <laughs> oh. like he must be. If we, even if we, you know, we don't even know what contract he's actually on. He might just be on a training contract, or he might not. He might just have a contract to get paid just to train with Villa. What just in case we pick him up in January? Just in case, yeah, just in case we have a injury. We could just dress him up as a youngster. <laughs> we could, yeah, we could. So he says um, but- a youth team player. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I think you stick with James Chester and Twanzebe and you run them out until January and you maybe look at changing Al Mohamedian. But that's about it. Villa can't really, they don't have much to do, unfortunately. But uh, no, mm. I really do hope they kick on and they must do so against Stoke. Um, 2 0, I'll say. I, I, I see that result happening. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, I'm still going to stick with the 1 1, though. I'm happy with it. Well, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, head off for the day? Uh, yeah, you know what? I just want to give one quick shout out, uh, not to a Villa player, but to an ex-Villa player. Uh, 
I thought Gary Gareth Barry was fantastic when we when we played against West Brom um, last week, and I just want yeah, yeah. But he's like thirty seven now, thirty six, yeah. thirty seven, isn't he? And you just wouldn't tell, would you? No, it's weird seeing you know I've got a signed Gareth Barry shirt. My from my, my dad um, tiled his house, his bathroom, and I, he signed my. Uh, well, not my dad didn't sign my shirt. My dad gave the shirt <laughs> to Gareth Barry to sign. So I got a signed hey, Gareth awesome. Barry. Yeah, got a signed Gareth Barry shirt, and it was weird because I haven't watched Gareth Barry play that much after kind of the man. I saw him at Everton once, but after the Man City years, and that was this is a while back now, isn't it? Really, um, you know, play football. So it was weird seeing him play, and then this kind of image of him arguing with Jack Grealish, and you have this old. Villa legend or you know icon against a new one yeah a new one yeah and yeah true the, 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 the era isn't even that far away where where Gareth Barry was killing it for Villa you know so calm on the ball penalties you know banging penalties away all the time and uh our captain and uh the you know the Liverpool transfer saga and moving to Man City uh it seems so long ago but it, it isn't that long ago and now on the football pitches there with Jack Grealish. Do you mad. think it's mad? Right. It's 2018 now. Gareth Barry was playing for us in the 90s. And he was almost more part of the uh, of a team in the 90s, wasn't he? And that, that, then he was near the end of his career. Yeah. Left back, centre back everywhere for Villa. And uh, found his role really at centre mid, didn't he? And... I don't know, man. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. And he, he, he's still playing well. I think he'll go for it at least another five years. Nah, no way. No way he's Dude, the way he's playing, though, he's, his game has adapted so much. He doesn't roam around. He just knows where the ball is and can play the play a good pass that not many people are capable of playing. That's all he needs to do for the next five years. Well, that's the thing. I really think he can still, he'll, be, he'll still be playing football. Maybe not the championship, mate, but at least League One. Doing a Graham years. Alexander type thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if Graham Alexander's capable, of, if no, but seriously, if he's capable of it, Gareth Barry is twice as capable. Oh, he's of capable, it. but at some point the the hunger has to run out, right? I don't. The dude loves football. If you know, if you're gonna do what he's done, and he's cons- consistently dropped levels, like without shame, a lot of people just kind of pack it in. Mm, that's true. Yeah, he's consistently. You know, I know Rio Ferdinand went through a lot in his final year. But he would, you know, would he have kind of carried on? And, Gary, you know, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, they kind of just retired at the top, the top of yeah, their game. Yeah. But Gareth Barry's kind of adapted and no one's saying he's crap now, but he's kind of adapted and went down the levels and kind of changed his game a little bit. That's true. That's true. With each kind of move. And I have to respect that. And I'm not saying I don't respect anyone else who kind of went out at the top, but the dude just loves playing football and that's so clear. Yeah, yeah, and I think he just, he really does look like a leader on the pitch, doesn't he? When whenever he does run out, uh, and I, and I think I think one thing that amazed me was that he still had energy at the end of that game. And yeah, um, so uh, yeah. for him, it age isn't a number, is it? For him, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, trust me, if I was allowed, I'd have given one of my match balls to him. Thirty-seven, though, and he's still just that good. Would you have him back in January uh, if if he was an option? And he wouldn't fit into the team, but. Do you think you'd still be good enough to perform for us? I don't know, mate. I think, um, I don't know. He hasn't played. 
I don't know. Um, but that being said, we are we aren't a uh, a Premier League team, mate. We are a championship team, and he's doing well in the championship. You have to kind of consider that. But he's also thirty-seven years old. Yeah, that's true. Um, in fact, you know what? Let me. What's that? He'll drop to a lower tier championship team if he doesn't retire, and then he'll go to a League One team, and then he'll go to a lower tier League One team, then he'll go to a League Two team. He'll just he would not. Up. He would not cement his legacy as a Midlands player until he's dropped down to Warsaw. In fact, here's a prediction. Twenty year to, the year is twenty twenty. Gareth Barry is playing for Warsaw in the twilight of his career, paired up in midfield with Craig Gardner. That's that's something that we all that's want to see. the Midlands dream. <laughs> that is the Midlands dream. If, but you know he'll be he'll be a non playable character in the next Fallout game after the apocalypse. <laughs> and... Yeah. So Gareth Barry, three hundred and sixty five appearances in the league for Villa. That's one every day of the year. And that doesn't seem that much, but in terms of football, that's a load. And what's so weird about his um his appearances is that it, he started off as a youth team player, then he got into the team, kind of established himself. Then he dropped off again, and then he came right back and uh, finished off playing a full season of games for Villa before he moved on. And was at the Premier League for dozens of years after. True. You know, he carried on and carried on winning stuff, and he looked good at Everton. And he, he looked good at West Brom. So, Gareth Barry, here's, here's to you. One, here's, here's another one for you before we go, just because once we're on the topic of Midlands players, um, there was another Midlands, I don't want to call him a legend, but to be fair to him, a player who's played for 12 years in the Midlands was in a very specific cup final over the, uh, over the weekend. Do you know who I'm talking I'm about? No. All right. Played for Villa, West Brom, and Birmingham City. And he was playing in the MLS Cup final over the weekend. Liam, Liam Ridgewell. Ridgewell. There's one name that you that always is forgotten. Played for Villa, played for Birmingham for five years. What makes me diss the MLS so much? Look, I know this. Look, I'm not going to like criticize the standard of football because I think there are teams they're really killing it and they could give Villa a run for their money. Atlanta United, <laughs> stuff like that. Um. No, but Atlanta are really yeah, good. Yeah, they are, they are. Um, they are. But you have to say, the fact that Liam Ridgewell is at the top of his game there is just full. It's funny, isn't it? Makes me feel a bit queasy, that does, because he was bad. Like, he he was like, he would not start at his peak in this Villa team. There is no way, unless, I don't know, if he had the comf- comfortability, you know, if he was as comfortable as he was in the Portland Timbers side, I guess he would. But there's no way. The thing is, with the MLS, is that the Eastern Conference is just so much stronger than the Western Conference. Like, I don't care if... I I don't care if Ibrahimovic is playing um, over in the Western Conference. Doesn't mean Jack. Uh, (laughs) You know, this this is the thing. But also, I just wanted to say commiserations to Liam Ridgewell. And to to end this conversation... On, on Midlands players, J- uh, James, I want to know from your uh, from your angle, right? Think of any player that hasn't played for us in the last five years who's still playing. If you could pick one of them to come back, who would it be? January transfer window, uh, Christian Perslow says, listen, James, you've got as much as you want, hire whichever one of these guys you want. They have to be a former player that hasn't played for us in the last five years. Who are you choosing? 
Oh, Christian ben- Benteke doesn't count. I was going to say Christian Benteke. Oh, we've had him, haven't we, the last few years? Yeah, yeah. yeah we had him. Yeah. Oh, Robbie Keane. Oh, bring him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robbie Keane, no, for sure. Robbie Keane, no joke. I think he'll be stellar. Um, obviously, you'd have to de-age him a bit and he'd have to unretire. No. Nah. But I'd go for Robbie Keane. Who would you go for? I think there's only one really you can go for. And I'd have to say that that is yeah. James Milner. Oh, wow, for sure. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I'd, I'd have him back for a third spell. But would John McGinn be better than James Milner in the role that they play? Mate, I don't know what you're thinking about, but I'm stuffing him at left back. <laughs> right back, so he could play wherever he's centre back. He'd probably be a good centre back at this point. And that is no joke. Probably that's the next thing that you have you have to consider this. If you're gonna consider Miller Yedanak, you also have to consider James Milner. He's probably played centre back before. That's the next position Jurgen Klopp's got got uh, got up for him. Yeah, um I, I agree with that man, but uh I think we uh we we end the show now, we come to an end, yeah. <laughs> before we start you know, really delving into some like dodgy Midlands player tactics. By the way, anybody who's listened to this podcast, please tweet us with your examples. I'm sure there's not many more, but you know, it's it's worth it, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I do miss James Milner. I do miss him. My heart bleeds for James Milner. <laughs> midfield wing, midfielder, winger, fullback is the new captain, leader, legend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll see you guys after the Stoke match. Uh, hopefully, a never Villa win. So yeah, give us your Midland, uh, your former Villa players in a tweet, and uh, we'll see you very soon, guys. Goodbye.